Yo, this is the Ancient Texan, and I'm going to call this episode Milking the Cows. I'm a little vague on what I'm going to talk about, but it's a little bit about how attitudes have changed that I've noticed both from my parents across to my children. Oh... My wife always said, her mom said, cows have to be milked. You got to get up and go and do it. My late wife actually grew up on a dairy farm. The cows had to be milked two times a day, seven days a week. Um, There wasn't any backup. Somebody had to get up in the family, go do it. someone had to pull double time if someone else couldn't pull their load and it's not like just milk on the cows all they had to do they also had uh, pigs they were raising and steers for beef and corn planted Uh, they kind of planned their day from the weather lost crop it was all just you get up and go to work and there's nobody to take up the slack, it's up to you. My dad, uh, you know, World War II and the Philippines when uh, the Japanese came. So he had a lot of um, what would be called PTSD PTS, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Um, but they didn't call it that then. He just, you know, he got through life. He didn't talk about it. He learned how not to jump under the bed when the airplanes came overhead. He had a lot of anger. Also lived through the depression. Um... Just got up and did it. When he had his first heart attack and they told him if you keep going back to work, it's going to kill you. He said, what's my choice? He got up, went back to work, and it killed him. It was a a different time. When my dad died, uh, there was no talk about being depressed or sad or anything. It's my mom showed me the bills and said, you know, on her working in the nursery home at a dollar five an hour, she couldn't pay the bills. I needed to get a job. I was a sophomore in college. My brother was 16. There was no like we're going to get some outside help here and help you get through this. It's kind of like you're on your own. Kind of got messed up with drugs and got girls to write his papers. and uh, He got by. There, there was uh, probably as much mental illness back at that time as there is now. 
and anxiety and stress. But there's also a great commitment, reality, that you got up and you moved forward. You drug yourself out of bed. You did what you had to do. Came home and maybe drank too much. But you got up and you did it again the next day. Oh, I don't live in that world now. And I can see the problems with the world I lived in. But I can also see the problems of the world I live in now. Um, I'm all for helping each other and compassion and sharing. But I also see a lot of uh, mostly white males that have kind of dropped out. And it's a sign of the times that we live in easier times that they're allowed to and can drop out. Uh, I think if I had it dropped out, uh, I would have starved. I mean, I don't, I don't think a lot of people would have lined up to take care of me. If I wouldn't pull in my weight, uh, kind of like an old mule can't pull his weight anymore, they take him out of the harness and shoot him. Maybe they wouldn't shoot me, but they would have... Uh, taking me out of the harness and let me wander off. So I look at today's world and I wonder where the commitment is to hard work, uh, the commitment to vote, take responsibility. I wonder where the expectations come from where kids expect to have a good life expect to have a car expect to have a house and apartment to live in they expect someone to help them pay for it or pay for it completely Um, they expect to have a phone expect to have cable TV expect to have food on the table and I know there's a lot in our society that don't have that but there's a whole truckload of of young people um, that have the expectations that I just went through and I think it's great that we as a society have the ability to take care of a lot more people when it and as AI comes along and machines do most of the work I can see we can carry more people. I'm not really so worried about that we can't afford it. Uh, I think we live in the only thing keeping us being more prosperous is just accepting the fact that we can be. Um, and the only reason we don't, everybody isn't taken well care of is because we believe kind of that, you know, a person that doesn't work doesn't eat. Um, that's kind of an old standard and it, and it came from my parents generation and my generation came from the religious establishment well that that's not actually the reality anymore our society could produce twice as much as it produces right now and could distribute it we don't have a production problem 
we have a distribution problem. Like, how do those get paid for? Well, you could actually give someone basic income and they could pay you for it. Money just go in a circle. We have the ability to produce a whole lot of stuff. What we haven't worked out is if someone's not working, um, should they get anything? Uh, if they're not willing to work, um, should they eat? You know, it's kind of that situation. We're not to the unconditional love, we take care of everybody stage. But let's say, you know, we were willing to do that. Let's say we're willing to take care of everybody and furnish them with a house and cell phone and cable TV, kind of like we do our kids already. The question is, what does that do to the person receiving that? It's one thing if someone's struggling and you're giving them a, a ground floor and kind of a safety net. It's another thing that if a person's just sitting there expecting something and you give it something, what does it do to them? Now these are the kind of questions we're going to have to uh, answer and, and, and ask. Um, how do we move from a period of having to work and needing to work as a part of our culture and a part of our identity? I mean, men get their identity from work and women are starting to get that you know you ask what are you going to be when you grow up my son used to say a good person but most people in college said I'm going to be a doctor a dentist a fireman blah 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 so the identity comes with work and what we're going to do and when men lose their job they lose their identity when they retire they struggle I'm kind of in that stage at the moment. I've written a novel that I'm editing as part of my new identity. I'm doing this podcast. I'm struggling with these questions. Who am I? I've been an engineer my whole life. I've got a dozen patents, which nobody knows about. And even those that do know about it, they probably couldn't read my patents. Um doesn't do me much good. I lost most of my money with uh, my late wife's pre-existing condition, so I live on Social Security. I'm just another old man uh, getting his fixed income, and which will be hard to live on eventually. So I'm just another, you know, statistical drop in the bucket and I'm late my life and I can look back on memories but what about these people that have never had a life and never done anything and have very few memories to call back on um, where did their self-identity come from what can we do to help them and of course you know we could push them to work but I think 
increasingly that's not going to be necessary, but I still think something's necessary, and I'm kind of struggling with what it is, because I don't know how you get your identity of who you are, what you are, and what you're made of, if you don't have trials to go through, you know, and rivers to cross, and mountains to climb, even if you fail at them, they give you some identity, uh, some, this is me, but what happens when you don't have that? We're moving into that kind of society where the cows actually don't need to be milked. Have you seen the new modern dairy? Well, I got some videos of that I should put online. Cows come up to a machine, a machine that washes their udders, attaches it to himself, sucks their milk out. They're given some treats to make them want to come back. Um, then they leave and walk over and get hay that's distributed at the side of this pen they live in. They have pads in the middle to sleep on. Uh, they have automatic washing things that come down and clean all the shit out which then goes into a ditch and goes, gets dried out and made into methane, makes electricity, helps power the farm, and have two people working there and, you know, a couple hundred cows, and the um, computer keeps track of how much milk each cow gives, and when it gets too low, they breed it again. Um, after a couple of cycles, it's too low, and it goes off to McDonald's crap the, it's all automated you don't need the person milking the cow like my late wife's parents and family had to get up 24-7 they still have people around and they still have to you know pay attention to things but it's actually milking the cows doesn't really have to be done anymore by people. Machines do it. Um, and it's, you know, second, third generation now. A few more generations, you know, the person won't even go over to the barn. The computer will just talk to them and say, everything's hunky-dory, dory, and you need to come in tomorrow because uh, a bearing on this uh, feeder is squeaking and need some grease but otherwise everything's okie dokie and you can look at the videos of the cows and see that everything's fine uh, your family can keep playing video games because you don't have to milk the cows this is the ancient Texan talking about milking cows and the way the world's changing and what it's doing to people or what it may do to people. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this Milking the Cows by the Ancient Texans.